0: We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. We come to Matthew chapter number one this morning, and we find verse number 18, the word of god says now the birth of jesus christ was on this wise when as his mother mary was espoused to joseph before they came together she was found with child of the holy ghost we noted last week that joseph and mary uh, were what we might call engaged but espousal was was more than just simply an engagement those couples that would be espoused were viewed as legally married, although they had not come together as husband and wife and were living apart. There would eventually be a ceremony where they would be joined together, and then they would dwell together after that. So it's in that in-between time. And the Bible says that Joseph found out that she was with child, the Bible tells us of Joseph's character in verse 19. He was a just man and not willing to make her a public example. He was minded to put her away privily. Joseph heard the news that Mary was with child. He thought like anyone would have thought that she had been involved with another man, but she had not. The Bible tells us that she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, a supernatural act of God to conceive a child in the womb of a virgin and so joseph not knowing this while he thought on these things verse 20 behold the angel of the lord appeared unto him in a dream saying joseph thou son of david fear not to take unto thee mary thy wife for that which is conceived in her is of the holy ghost so now joseph understands mary has not been involved with any other man but God has done a supernatural work in her heart, in her life, in her body, and produced a child, a prophecy that Isaiah had given hundreds and hundreds of years before had come to pass. verse 21, she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The only man who could save the people from their sins is a man who was a son of God not a son of man now all this was done verse 22 that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Uh, we began looking at this passage last week, and we noted the phrase that we find in verse 23 when Joseph said, or when the angel of the Lord said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel of course referring back to the prophecy that was in isaiah they shall call his name emmanuel which being interpreted is god with us and we noted that phrase god with us and we think about what christmas means and this really is the meaning of it god with us Uh, we noted last week that god came to us in order for him to be with us he had to come to us and we talk much of the events surrounding his birth and the supernatural work of God in bringing a child into the world, the child of a virgin, the child of the Holy Ghost, the child of God. In my reading this week, I came across a statement which I thought was encouraging. The name Emmanuel, of course, is a Hebrew name. But we're given an interpretation for that name, because had we not been given the interpretation, we may not have known. The Bible said, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, interpreted, in other words, to tell us who do not understand what it means, what the significance of it is, God with us. And as Charles Spurgeon points out, this Hebrew name is translated, therefore, into Greek, so that the Greeks and all of the Gentiles who are not a part of the nation of Israel could also know who Emmanuel is. And we're glad that God loves all people, for God so loved the world. And this message is not just simply to the Jews. This message is to all the world that God is with us. And so we noted last week that he came to us. But this morning, I want us to think about the truth in that statement, those three powerful words, God with us, God with us. Now, oftentimes when you look up a word in the dictionary, you're looking for a meaning. And typically you'll find in most definitions that there are two or three, perhaps even four, sometimes more shades of meaning to a statement, or to a word. And uh, that word may be used in different ways, and it could mean different things, but as we look at the total definition, we, we come to understand more of how the word can be used. And as we think about this phrase, God with us, and what it means, I think we're going to see four important truths that will help us understand the significance of that statement, God with us. And give us new light into Christmas and its significance. It's far greater than just a few songs or uh, some gifts that we anticipate getting or gathering with family. It's something that we should remember every day of our lives because it affects us every day of our life. Uh, last week at the close of the message, I just gave you four little words that i wanted you to to keep in your heart as we go through this christmas season those four four words all begin with an r we remember the birth of christ at christmas and i hope every day through this christmas season you're remembering that the savior came for you and then receive if you have not received the gift of christmas what is the gift of christmas well, it's eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ came to save dying men. All of us were dying for all of have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. What we deserve as sinners is death, an eternal death, not just a physical death, but an eternal death, a soul death, a spiritual death, apart from God for all eternity. And if you haven't received that gift, I want you to know that the Lord has made it available to you today. And you may receive it so remember receive and then rejoice if you've been a recipient of that gift we have much to rejoice over and those three powerful words that tell us what the name Emmanuel means God with us those words give us a lot of hope and a lot of encouragement those words give us something to rejoice about then I gave you one final word and that was report tell other people about Jesus That's what we can do for a lost and dying world this Christmas. But we're coming back now to this thought, God with us. And I want to give you four truths that I think will help us understand it. As we think about it, I want you to see the first one. And that is this. God identifies with us. He identifies with us. He came to us and he is with us since that babe was born in the manger 2000 years ago he has dwelt with us the bible says that his name being interpreted is god with us you see god became a man without ceasing to be god god the father god the son god the holy spirit all part of the godhead god the son took on human flesh and became a man the bible says in philippians chapter 2 we read this last week but in verse number five let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who being in the form of god thought it not robbery to be equal with god jesus christ the son of god "...co-equal with the Father, co-equal with the Spirit, co-eternal, Jesus Christ became a man." Verse 7, "...made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, the Son of God, robed in human flesh, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death." even the death of the cross. You see, God became a man in order to identify with man. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, speaking of the high priestly office of the Lord Jesus, the Bible said, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with a feeling of our infirmities. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities, our weaknesses, our struggles, our our concerns in this world of suffering and death, the Lord Jesus Christ is touched with that feeling. And the Bible tells us that he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The Lord Jesus Christ became a man and lived among men in a sin-cursed world filled with death and sorrow in order that he might identify with us. He experienced, as you and I do, uh, the temptations of the devil. He experienced those and he overcame them in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And three times in that passage, as the Lord deals with the temptations of the devil, he answers them in verse number 4 and also again in verse number 7 and then again in verse number 10 with three words, it is written. The Lord Jesus Christ faced the temptation of Satan, but he overcame Satan and defeated him. Oftentimes, we we might go through seasons of life and we might say, well, the devil's after me. There's temptation, there's trials, there's spiritual attack, and that may be true. In fact, I believe that. We have an enemy who, as the roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There is no doubt about that. And we, we come to an awareness that we're no match for him. And we aren't. We understand that Jesus Christ faced these temptations and he overcame the devil. So when we're dealing with spiritual wickedness in high places, our Lord knows how we feel. He can identify with us he also experienced and overcame the trials of suffering and death. In Isaiah chapter 53, if you'll turn there with me, we'll take a look at this passage, Isaiah chapter 53. But hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the Lord was born, Isaiah the prophet not only prophesied of his miraculous birth, but his substitutionary death on the cross for you and I. In Isaiah 53, in verse 1, he asks the question, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he, speaking of the, of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of, a dry gra- uh, out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. You see, the Lord Jesus became a man, and he lived among men. In verse number three, the Bible tells us that he suffered rejection. Verse three, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered the rejection of humanity. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've suffered rejection. You've suffered cruel treatment by others and and, and ingratitude from those that you have been kind to. The Bible said that Jesus came into his own and his own received him not. He understands what sorrow is. He is acquainted with grief. These who have written these notes to us to let us know how much our prayers have meant to them in recent days They know what grief is. They know what sorrow is. And many of you know what grief and sorrow is. He's acquainted with it. But we don't like to identify with it, do we? And so the Bible says, and we hid as as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. We do not like this world of suffering and we do not like to necessarily be identified in such a way but we have a savior who was willing to come and identify with us and suffer rejection on our behalf verse number four not only did he suffer rejection but he carries our sorrows verse four surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of god and afflicted All of our grief and all of our sorrow has been laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We can cast our care upon him. He bears our burdens. He knows the disappointment. He knows the fear, the anxiety that we face, the struggles. He knows the hurt of loss. He carries our sorrows. I've been in the hospital in recent days with some of our folks. And I've seen the look of concern on their face when their recovery is not going as well as they hope. When the prospect of more days in recovery seems more than they're able to bear. When the pain and the suffering continue you can see it on their faces you you wish you could do something to alleviate it and though you might try to identify you can in that moment identify exactly with what they're dealing with but there is one who can he's your faithful high priest he identifies with you verse 5 he suffered the agony and the torment of the cross he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we're healed you see the beautiful scenes of the manger give way to the horrific scenes of calvary and there we see him behold the man Pilate said riven from the scourging the hair plucked from his face, the crown of thorns that was pressed down upon him, his bones exposed as he hangs upon the cross and suffers our agony and our torment. Yes, Christmas is meaningful to us because our Savior identifies with us verse 6 we understand that he was made to be sin for us the bible says all we like sheep have gone astray we've turned everyone to his own way and the lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all jesus christ died on the cross because he bore our sins when he prayed in the garden let this cup pass from me it wasn't the cup of suffering that he that he was uh, concerned to bear it was the cup of our sin Our guilt, our shame, our judgment, the separation that it brought between him and his father when he cried from the cross and said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He suffered that because he bore your sin in mind. He submitted himself to become the object of ridicule and scorn. Verse number seven. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as the lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He didn't answer those who reviled him. He simply submitted himself to the father and he bore it verse 8 he was taken from prison and from judgment and who shall declare his generation how did he get to prison because he was betrayed he suffered the pain of betrayal and the false accusations that were made against him at his trial the lord jesus christ became the object of betrayal false accusation for you and i a few things Seem as unjust to us as betrayal. When when those that we love and we thought were with us betray us. Or when someone accuses us of something that we did not do. Those false accusations. We all suffer that in this life. It's hard for many to get over. But the truth is Jesus suffered it for us. In verse number 8 we continue to read he was cut off of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken we fast forward to verse 12 therefore will i divide him a portion with a grade and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul into death jesus christ died in my place the bible said for while we were yet sinners christ died for us He died in my place. He experienced my death. And in verse number 9, he experienced the judgment of sinners. Look at verse 9. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth, though he had done nothing to deserve it. He bore our judgment. Verse 10. Notice this. Yet it pleased the Lord. It pleased his father to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. And by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Not only did he bear my sin, but he bore my judgment. My eternal judgment. The condemnation and the guilt that I deserve was rolled on Jesus Christ. He therefore identifies with us. He knows what we're going through. And he knows what you're going through in this very moment. So as we consider the truth, God with us we understand that we understand rather that god identifies with us we understand secondly that god intervenes for us not only does he identify with us but he intervenes for us he has seen the problem and the difficulty and the burden that we face and he has stepped in to the middle of the chaos to deliver us from it in hebrew chapter number 13 in verse number 5 The Bible says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he, that's the Lord Jesus, hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God with us will not leave you or forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Have you ever been in need of help? I have some good news for you, whether you recognize it or not today. And I pray that God by his spirit will open your heart and your eyes of understanding that you will that you will see that you do have help in his, and that help has come in the name of Jesus. That help has come in the person of Jesus. The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man should do unto me. You see, when I recognize that the Lord intervenes on my behalf, I understand that he's able to overrule men. I understand that he's able to defeat men. And I don't have to fear men, I can trust God you see he didn't leave us here to languish in a world of sin and suffering and death but he came to us and he came to us to intervene he came and he healed the sick in his earthly life and ministry. when confronted with illness he brought healing when confronted by the leper he brought cleansing when confronted by those who were lame he gave strength to those who were deaf he opened their ears to those who were blind he gave sight to those who were mute he loosed the tongue to those who were oppressed by the devil he freed them those who were thirsty received water those who were hungry received bread those who were sinners were forgiven. Those who were dead were raised to life. He died for the dying. And he arose from the grave to give life to all of us who live. He intervenes. He steps in. The Bible tells us that he cares for us in all our needs. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Aren't you glad to know that Emmanuel, God with us, is here? He intervenes and he cares about you and your life and what you're dealing with and what you're going through. He calms all our fears. In John 14, 27, Jesus said to the disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Lord is present, and the Lord has given peace. He is with us, and that calms our fears. Not only that, but he conducts us through. He leads us through life. The Bible says in Isaiah 58, verse 11, and the Lord shall guide thee continually. You say, I don't know what to do. I don't know which direction to go. I don't know what decision to make. Trust in the Lord and rest in him. He will guide thee. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thomas said, Lord, how are we going to get there? How are we going to get to where you're going? Jesus said, you don't have to worry about that. You just need to know me. You don't have to figure it out. Just know me. I am the way. He will lead us. You may be facing something this morning and thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I'm going to tell you how you're going to get through it. There's only one way to get through it. That's to trust the way. Jesus, he'll lead you. Not only does he comfort us in all our trouble, but he communes with us all of our days. Jesus said in Revelation 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. He'll spend time with you. He'll fellowship with you. And then as we get dirty in this wicked world and we're prone to do that, I got some good news for you. He cleanses us from all our iniquities. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He's the God who cleanses us. I want you to know He's the God who intervenes. Not only did he come to us, but he stepped into our situation to deliver us. And he's with us every day. I see a third thing here. Not only do we see that, that God identifies with us and that God intervenes for us, but we see that God instructs us. He teaches us. He doesn't leave us here just trying to figure this thing out. But he gives us his word and he teaches us from it in john chapter 17 and verse number 8 jesus said for i have given unto them the words which thou gavest me what was his mission his mission of course was to suffer and bleed and die on the cross for you and i his mission was to atone us atone make the atonement for our sin but his mission was to give us his word And thanks be to God, if you have a Bible in your hand today, you have the word of the Lord. And from that word, Jesus gives us light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Job said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. The psalmist said more to be desired are they speaking of the word of God than gold yea than much fine gold sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb moreover by them is thy servant warned and in keeping of them there is great reward God has given us his word Jesus Christ is the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ communes with us and speaks to us as we enter into his word. Many of the disciples walked away from the Lord Jesus. And as they walked away, he looked to the 12 and he said to them in John 6, will you also go away? In verse 67, the Bible says that Simon answered Jesus. Verse 68, rather. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I want you to know that God's word abides forever. From generation to generation, it doesn't change. God's word is true. And God has given his word to guide us and to strengthen us and to encourage us as we live in these dark days. You see, we have God with us. That means God identifies with us. That means that God intervenes for us. It means that God instructs us. He teaches us his way. He teaches me how to honor him and how to live for him. He teaches me how to live and conduct my life, how to be the husband I need to be, the father I need to be. God teaches me that. And he'll teach you those things. And then as we think about God with us, we see lastly that God intercedes for us. To intercede means to plead for us, to speak on our behalf because we need someone to speak on our behalf the bible tells us in hebrews chapter number two and verse 17 wherefore in all things it behooved him speaking of jesus it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to god to make reconciliation for the sins of the people for that he himself hath suffered being tempted he is able to succour them that are tempted he is able to help us the help that we get from the lord jesus christ comes to us because he was made in the likeness of men because he identified with us he becomes now an effective advocate for us who pleads for us in the presence of the Father and understands the suffering and the sorrows that we face. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1, John says this, my little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. Well, that would be good, wouldn't it? That we sin not. But the truth of the matter is we all know that we still sin. And so I'm so thankful that John didn't stop there. Aren't you? He said, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You see, we have an accuser, the devil who who reminds us of our sin and tells us how unworthy we are to be recipients of God's love who says to us you're never going to make it why do you keep bothering God you just keep repenting over the same sin time and time and time again don't you think God is sick of you you see that's what the accuser does but then in the midst of the accusation the advocate steps forward and he silences the voice of the accuser and he said this is my child he's just and righteous and here's his record it's the perfect sterling record of the Precious Son of God that's been imputed to our account. He pleads for us. He's in the presence of the Father. And He intercedes on our behalf. As we deal with sin, as we deal with struggles, as we deal with confusion and heartache and frustration and fear and doubts, and we don't even know how to express all of that to God, the Son, who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities, is interceding, expressing it to the Father for us. God with us. What a glorious gift you received when you received Jesus. He became yours. And He has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. He is with you now, He will be with you tomorrow and forever. That's why Christmas ought to be something we rejoice about. Maybe you haven't rejoiced lately. Maybe because the devil has just got your eyes on all the problems and all the trials and caused you to forget about the blessings. May God give us a fresh glimpse of the sun today. He is with us. He dwells within us. He identifies with us. He knows what you're dealing with. Every emotion, every fear, He knows every struggle, every temptation. He's intervening for you. He is instructing you through his word. Have you read it? Are you listening to it? And he's interceding for you today. Well, let's give him praise for that. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never received the gift That means, though he came to you, he's not yet with you. How does he become someone who dwells with you? How do you you get that promise? By receiving Christ as Savior. By acknowledging that you're a sinner on your way to hell. That Jesus is the Son of God who died for you. And by faith confessing him. The Bible said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved, but you need to be. There are people here who will pray with you and who will show you from God's Word how that you can come to know Jesus. And Christian, aren't you glad to know that He is with us? Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle,